the Ain't No Fang podcast. From Arizona sports, Ain't No Fang. How many Arizona Diamondbacks will be All-Stars this year? It's an interesting question. Let's get into it on the Ain't No Fang podcast. I'm Steve Zinsmeister, Cody Fincher, Alex Weiner covers the team at ArizonaSports.com. I think there's an interesting case to be made. So All-Star voting has begun. I filled out my first ballot yesterday, boys. Uh, I was surprised at how many Diamondbacks I tried to objectively vote for. I wasn't trying to be like the Homer who votes for Nick Ahmed. You know what I mean? Like I was the Paven Smith in there. I, I did not have Paven well, Smith. Remember in the there. remember the year? I don't remember what year it was, but the entire AL All Star team was all like Kansas City Royals. Like yeah. Alcides Escobar was the starting Omar shortstop. Omar Fonte. Got yeah. Oh, yeah. For a while. Maybe yeah. that's a, maybe that's a good place to start. Is we have to acknowledge that the system is rigged. <laughs> <laughs> that there are certain fan bases, certainly not the Diamondbacks, where you know the St. Louis Cardinals or the Toronto Blue Jays have an entire country voting for them. Yeah. The voting is not a perfect system. But if we were to talk about who deserves to be an all-star, I was surprised at how many Diamondbacks. I voted for three position players to be starters. Uh, among them, I had two outfielders, Corbin Carroll, Lourdes Gurriel, and then I also had Geraldo Perdomo, which we can get into how thin the shortstop position is in the National League. Sure. Uh, let's start with outfield because that's that's an interesting one that you have both of those guys on there, and they certainly are making a great case, especially Guriel. Guriel might have been the best hitter, mm, top three hitter in baseball during the month of May. Um, I mean he, I mean he's got a pretty good case for player of the month in the National League, especially. Uh, and so, but to put him and Corbin, I assume you have Ronald Acuna Jr. as your third. Yeah, outfielder. I do. That leaves off Juan Soto. <laughs> he deserves it. Acuna, absolutely. He's the best player in the league. So then you have to have a debate. It's like, okay, if you're taking off Juan Soto, does that make sense? Um, because we, like we mentioned, the Padres are having a very disappointing start to the season. And Soto, you know, got off to a slower start for his standards. But man, he's been good lately. And he still has... I he think remembered he's second, that he's Juan Soto. I think he's second <laughs> WRC plus among yeah. outfielders in the National League. So We still have a month a and a half one. to go, by the way. Exactly. He was, but yeah, he had a horrible start. Horrible. I might fill out my ballot live on this podcast right now. <laughs> right, I'm looking at up, it. Keep us up to speed. I'm looking at it. For. What about, uh, talk to me about Corbin Carroll's place on the list, Bear, and where you might have him. I had four outfielders that I was considering. Acuna, the two guys we just mentioned, and Brian Reynolds was also on my list. I I mean, Corbin Carroll has to be up there, right? He's probably going to be, I agree with you, Acuna is definitely in. He's the best outfielder, maybe the best player I agree with you in the National League, especially. Um, I'm just looking at the rest of the the ballot here. I mean, I'm not going to vote for Jazz Chisholm, no. not Nick Castellanos. Eh, the, the rest of the outfielders don't really do much for me, honestly. Um, I, yeah, I think Corbin Carroll had yeah, Paven Smith. <laughs> yeah, we can get into that um, yeah. here in a minute. Uh, I, I think Corbin Carroll is probably has a good shot to make the team. He's probably going to win NL Rookie of the Year. Um, there was some competition from the Dodgers' James Outman, but he's been struggling lately. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, there's always the chance though because I'm I'm scrolling down the outfielder list. You know, like you like we were talking about fan bases that get you know rabid with their teams. I mean, the Padres have a weird fan base. Like they they will they'll probably go out in droves and they'll probably smash the Fernando Tatis button um cuz yeah. he's now an outfielder. So we could see and Juan Soto as well, but I I think Corbin Carroll deserves it. Uh he's legitimately a five-tool player. He's got 
all the potential. He's got all the talent. Um, unfortunately for him, he plays for a team that, even though they're one of the better teams in the National League, don't get a lot of attention. So I don't, I don't know. know if he'll make it, but I, I think he deserves to make it. I feel like if there's any year where multiple D-back starters are going to happen, it's going to be this year because I feel like the D-backs have been getting sort of that like darling treatment from national yeah. media this year. It might be like most. 2017 where they ha- I think they had four guys make it, Goldschmidt, Granke, mm-hmm. Robbie Ray, and Jake Lamb. Maybe that happens this year. Maybe it's Gallen and Kelly and Carroll and Lourdes Guriel. With with Carroll, too, it's... I mean, we're talking about like starting. I think, you know, if the All-Star game was tomorrow, yeah. there's no great arguments to not have Carroll and Guriel on the team. Right. Like, they're, they have been All-Stars based on what we've seen so far. I mean, right. Carroll would be such a delight to have at the All-Star <laughs> game. He, like, works like a full pit... Full count, walk, gets on base, steals second, <laughs> steals, second, steals, steals third, third yeah. steals home. Something like a sack fly from, I don't know, whomever. All while talking to Joe Buck or whoever's doing yeah. the game or whatever. <laughs> but no, that would just be a blast. He's second in the National League in steals. He's 10th in OPS. I mean, it's, it's hard to argue he's not an all-star. It's just all-star starter, which is like where it gets a little bit dicier because I think Acuna and Soto are going to draw so much attention. Star power. That they're only going to be one spot for potentially one of these D-backs. What's interesting is the DH spot, though. What if Guriel, I don't know, would he qualify? What, what do you have to do to qualify to be? I don't know. They have a DH spot on the on the ballot already. The players well, that we are already, listed. We already know that Otani is going to be the American League DH. Yes. Some of the players that and are listed are kind of odd. So Charlie Blackman, Alec Burleson, Matt Carpenter makes sense. Travis Darno, I mean, he's a catcher. Bryce Harper, that makes sense. Evan Longoria is on that list. Uh, he's been killing lefties like he's supposed to. J.D. Martinez, he's going to get it, I would think. That uh, or Bryce Harper. Andrew McCutcheon, Joey Manessis. Christopher Morell has an interesting case to be Honestly, made. it would be really cool to see Andrew McCutcheon as the DH now that he's back in Pittsburgh. It'd be cool, but does he deserve it? No, it'd be cool. It's the All-Star <laughs> game. Who cares? Joey Votto? He's on there. He hasn't played. He hasn't, yeah, he hasn't played, so I'm not Get so sure about that Get him on the team. One. Uh, the other one that interests me is Jorge Soler. Tons of power, 17 home runs. He's got an OPS almost now, 900. In the American League, there's kind of that feel-good, you know, uh, legend-going-out story with Miguel Cabrera. Is he going to get the... No. Are they still doing the legend thing? I'm done with that. Are they still doing that this year? Done with it. He has zero home runs. He's hitting 196. But remember, Why would you put him in the All-Star remember game? Remember last year? Just for one at bat for They the put him in the All-Star game last year. They put Albert Pujols they in there, They put Miguel too. Cabrera. He didn't deserve it last year either. So is he going to be in this year? Are we just going to put doing people it? in every year because they were great? For 15 hey, years? you're old and retiring. <laughs> I hate Go play the that. All-Star game. If you want to celebrate people, all for it. But putting people in the All-Star game who don't deserve to be there later in their career makes no sense to me. Because, remember, we talked about this last year. They put Miguel Cabrera in, and what was my one argument? I was like, he's going to come back next year, be a terrible baseball player, and we're all going to look at each other like, should we put him in again? <laughs> and that's the conversation we're having now. <laughs> Maybe if it was in Detroit. Yeah. Or yeah. Miami, yeah. where it was like, oh, this is where he played for a long time, and that kind of. But have him throw know. out the first pitch or something. You know, like I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to play. Have him game. around. He can do like festivities and stuff like that. Maybe a, another. Uh, just I'm scrolling. I'm, I'm filling out my ballot again. Um, <laughs> How's that going? I have, for, okay. I have, at first base, I have Pete Alonso and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. First base is interesting. We should talk about that. You picked Pete Alonso over Christian Freddie Walker. Freeman. Freddie, or Freddie Freeman. Freeman and Paul well, Goldschmidt. I can't huh? vote for a Dodger. <laughs> 
He probably deserves it though. Freddie Freeman's Freddie been Freeman. nuts. He probably yeah, he's fantastic, and I hate him. Pretty sure he's hitting, hitting like I don't hate Freddie right Freeman. Now. I hate that he's a Dodger, but yeah. And then second base, I'm I'm scrolling through it. I have Luis Arise right now. I did too. Um, Nolan Gorman's got. A I good can't case, in good faith vote for Jose Altuve. I can't do it. No, um, I cannot do it. No, I don't. Want but to. the rest of the AL second baseman kind of stink. No, there's one obvious. He might be one of the top five players in baseball this year. Second base? Yeah. Which Merrifield? <laughs> Marcus Simeon. Yeah. He's got over 40 RBIs. Stole a bunch of bases. Oh, yeah, there he is. Yeah. I scrolled past him. Yay. There, yeah, thank he's, you for he's making my obvious. choice for me. He's the obvious one. Anyway. Um, You're welcome. A, I'm scrolling through second base. Maybe a, an under uh, a guy that might uh, have an uh, outside chance on the D-backs of getting on the team. Cattell Marte is having a really good year. Yeah. He's having a very solid season. 289, he's got eight homers. He's maybe on pace to hit hit that 25 to 30 mark again. I just think it's hard to argue him over a Luis Arise who's hitting 100 points higher. I, mean, I don't mean starting, but yeah. maybe, you know, yeah, I think he could make in. the there's team. A good, yeah. There's a good case. Sure. I mean, he, the way that he's been playing recently and, you know, the on-base streak has been publicized, but, like, just in general, he's had a very strong a few weeks here. I think in the month of May, he's been... One of their top hitters. He's got a 133 WRC plus in the month. So if he can continue that, if he can get his numbers, if like WRC plus up over 120, somebody else falls off a little bit. I mean, there's definitely a good case that he could potentially be, you know, one of the final roster spots on this all-star team or, you know, maybe just the backup second baseman or the third string second baseman on this thing. So here's the tough one. Uh, I voted for Geraldo Perdomo to start at shortstop. I don't think he's necessarily going to get the most votes because he's a fairly unknown player outside of Arizona, maybe mm. even inside Arizona, to be honest. <laughs> um, and, but there's a huge lacking of s- stats at shortstop. There's star players at shortstop in the National League, but like guys like Willie Adamas, who were great last year, hitting 205. Trey Turner hitting 239. Trey Turner, not that good. Xander Bogert started hot, really cooled off. He's pretty much league average right now. Um, Francisco Lindor is hitting 223, although he mm. has 40 RBIs. The real argument I think there is, uh, by the way, Dansby Swanson, his numbers are not as good as Perdomo's. Matt McClain is the other guy I considered who just got called up like two or three weeks ago and has been fantastic since he got called up, but he's only got two home runs, eight RBIs, but he's hasn't three sixty one. He might be the better prospect and better player in the long run than Perdomo, but Perdomo looks to me like he kind of deserves it at this point. Yeah, I mean, if you took the first four weeks of Perdomo season and said here, <laughs> it's like, oh, he's hitting four seventeen with uh, so it's uh, you know, it's a little bit tough to judge that small of a sample size, but Perdomo, it's it's strange because, I mean, the WRC plus is still at one thirty five. He's still hitting two eighty five, but man, it's plummeted this last few weeks. I mean, he's really struggled in the month of May, especially in the latter half where it just seems like a lot of like the hits that were falling for him just have ceased, like. Not, like, diminished at all, but, like, ceased. So with him, he still provides a ton of value as somebody who can get on base really effectively. He's still one of the better eyes on the team, a tremendous defensive player, and a 1.8 wins above replacement player at this point. And you're right. There's just not a lot of other options. So right now, Perdomo has been, so far, the best shortstop in the National League this season. But it's just the trajectory of which he's going and some others, it, it may not last until the all-star game but maybe it does because again he's a smart bat bat it just takes i don't know a couple of hits to fall in for him and maybe it'll change something but um 
right now the he seems to be kind of regressing to the mean a little bit. And if that continues and someone else gets hot, maybe, especially with somebody with a bigger name like Xander Bogarts, if he has a great yeah. month. But man, right now, I don't really see much of an argument that it's not him just based on what we've seen over the first two months. Yeah, or if like Lindor has like 65 RBIs by the All-Star break or something. It's, it's totally possible. Like 500 the next two weeks, then there you go. But Bear, I wanted to vote for Gabby Moreno at catcher. I was... I want to. I couldn't not give it to Sean Murphy. You can't... Yeah, Sean Murphy is one of the best players in baseball, let alone the catcher but, position. I mean, Gabby Moreno is... I mean, he, the home runs aren't there. We never really thought they were going to be. He's not a huge power hitter. He's a line drive hitter for sure. 291, though. I it's mean, good average. And honestly, and I didn't know this about him, he's a fantastic defensive catcher, I think. And that's been a real pleasant surprise, um, especially after, you know, we were kind of, when the season started before Carson Kelly got hurt, um, I didn't know how they were going to play Moreno because we know that the team has been loyal to Kelly and it's been his job for a while. But, I mean, this is Gabby Moreno's position now. He's the catcher. No matter who is coming up, who comes back or whatnot, he's the catcher. Um, I I almost clicked on him, then I saw Sean Murphy run under him. I'm like, oh yeah, Sean Murphy. Will Smith probably, probably Smith. deserves Will it more Smith too. too. Yeah, yeah. There's, Will Smith had a great year. On that list. There's a yep. few. Um, yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens with Moreno and Kelly. I mean, Kelly is is getting closer to getting to a rehab stint, uh, and once that happens, then it starts the clock. All right, he gets gonna gets to come back. Tori said this week that he has not thought about what the playing time is going to be for catching. When Kelly gets back, nor should he. I mean, he's not back yet. There's not really the problem until you cross it. But, I mean, Moreno defensively has been outstanding for mm-hmm. that. I mean, he came in as a prospect. He had some decent prowess. And I think um, Hazen said when they first acquired him that they like a lot of what he does. The pop tie in the arm, his ability to frame. They wanted him to get better at blocking. Yeah. And this season, he has improved as, we, as we've gone along. Um, blocking pitches uh, to his right. That was an area that they wanted to see improvement. And so far... It looks like he has. He's throwing out everybody. Uh, And so if you look at just overall catching, he's been incredibly valuable. All-star? I don't know. I don't think so. Not this year. But again, he's 23. Could he be a multi-time all-star by the time he's 29? Maybe. If he continues this defensively and grows as a hitter. Because you're right. His average is good, but they're pretty much all singles. And uh, it it hasn't really led to a ton of run production. um, But... He has been a very promising rookie catcher for them, and that's something that that's more than what you could have asked for when he got there. The other thing that probably keeps him off the all-star roster this year is Diaz, Colorado. Probably their only good player that can mm-hmm. make the team. And he's hitting three twenty one. Yeah. He's got more homers than uh than Moreno does. He's got twenty seven RBIs and OPS of eight seven. I've completed my like ballot. Too. I've completed my ballot. Hey, way to go. How many <laughs> D backs did you vote for? Uh Starters? I have a total of three. I have the same as you. See? Perdomo, Carroll, and Lourdes. Um the rest oh. of the National League I have Pete Alonso at first base, Luis Arise at second base, Austin Riley at third. Austin um, Riley, okay. Ronald Acuna Jr. in the outfield, along with Carroll and Lourdes. Sean Murphy, a catcher, and Bryce Harper, DH. I can't vote for J.D. Martinez because he's on the Dodgers. I voted for Max Muncy, even though he's hitting eh, 209. Eh, Is that eh, bad? Yes. He's got 40 RBIs I 17 I don't care homers. about that. <laughs> in the American League, I have Vladimir Guerrero Jr. at first base, Marcus Simeon at second, Josh Young, or Young, however young, you say it, young. young, at third base, the young Texas Ranger. He's been great. Uh, Bo Bichette at shortstop. 
Yeah. Uh, Randy Arozarena, Aaron Judge, and Mike Trout in the outfield. Jonah Heim from the Rangers at catcher, and then Shohei Otani. You know what I really don't like that I just noticed at third base? Josh Rojas still does not have a home run. No, he's been really bad lately. 237 he's been average. really bad. And he started the season hot, mm-hmm. at least the first like the week first, or two. The first two, three weeks, he was very good for them. And since then, it's just has looked like a struggle for him up there. No home runs. That's interesting. That's why they've been, they've been playing Emmanuel Rivera mostly at third. I do think that the pitching conversation needs to be had, too, even though we're not voting on it in the ballot. Zach Gallon's an obvious— I wish you could vote on it. That'd be I mean, awesome. That'd be good. Zach Allen's the obvious one. He's going to get in in some capacity. Whether he's the starter or not is probably the conversation we end up having down the next couple of weeks. He's got a good case. Uh, Merrill Kelly. I, I think I said this uh, in the last couple of weeks, um, but I think Merrill Kelly deserves to be in that conversation as well. He's been really, really more than just solid like he has been in the past. I think he's really, really good. Where does he fall in a year where there's some down years for some star guys last year? Sandy Alcantara won the Cy Young. Hasn't been very good. Julio Urias for the Dodgers hasn't been very good. Corbin Burns hasn't been that good. Brandon Woodruff on the IL. In a year where a lot of other star players are kind of down, could Merrill, Car- Merrill Kelly slip his way into the All-Star game? Absolutely. I mean, there are. he is one of the 10 best pitchers in the National League right now for, for this season, and that's good enough to get you in. I mean, he's he has been as good, if not better, than Gallon this month. I mean, he's been just tremendous for them, getting them deep into games, which is something they desperately needed. And just he's been really effective. Just all of his pitches, like especially that last start over the weekend when they beat the Boston Red Sox. It seemed like every one of his pitches, he was landing for strikes. uh, And it just, I don't know, there's not a whole lot of great like pitchers in the National League who you could put over him. He is eighth in the National League in war for pitchers behind or behind. Well, Gallon is first. Uh, then it goes Zach Wheeler, Spencer Strider, Justin Steele, Mitch Keller, and then it's Kershaw and Logan Webb, and then it's him. And 2.83 ERA, and that's continued to go down. I mean, it's so far so good for him in a season he's been really consistent in. Even, like, remember the first couple of starts where it was like, oh, was, the command's not there, or he had maybe the weird spring. He's been totally fine since then, and they've desperately needed it with sort of the back end of the rotation fluctuating a little bit. And he's given them everything they could have asked for right now. So then here's the question, Bear, about Mer- Merrill Kelly specifically. Because his numbers are actually surprisingly comparable to Zach Gallon's when you look at it. ERA, Gallon, 272. Kelly, 283. Not that far off. Uh, whip, 1.03 for Gallon, 1.07 for uh, Merrill Kelly. They do it a little bit differently. Obviously, he strikes guys out less than Gallon does. But mm-hmm. does it help his case or hurt his case that Zach Gallon will already be on the All-Star <laughs> Team, He's kind assume. of a guarantee. Does it hurt your case that you already have a teammate in the starting rotation? I'm putting that in air quotes for the All-Star game. Or does it help him because he can say to people, look, uh, our numbers are almost identical. I think it probably helps, I would think, uh, especially, yeah, looking at their numbers, they're pretty similar. Um, the thing with Merrill Kelly, and of course, Zach Allen's not a superstar yet, but Merrill Kelly is, you know, it, it's it's easier to put two guys from the same uh, starting rotation on their team if they're like star names Mm -hmm. but Merrill Kelly is not that guy but I think he deserves it he's been really good Um, Zach Gallen is in Cy Young contention this year and Merrill Kelly's numbers are similar not saying he's a Cy Young contender but he you know he's been pitching really really well Um, 
And yeah, I mean, thinking, just trying to think off the top of my head, all the starters that might be on the All Star team from the NL. I mean, the Dodgers. I mean, they have Clayton Kershaw, who might be there. I don't know, uh, but all their guys are hurt. Urias is hurt. Gonsolin is hurt. Um, Bueller is hurt. Um, I just don't know. There might be a spot for him. I'm not sure, but it's possible. Yeah, I think it helps that Zach Gallen is probably a lock for it because of their numbers. Probably. Um, I don't think anybody in this bullpen gets talked about on the all-star level. So. The reason Mantiply made it last year was because nobody else on the team was good and enough to make to the team. You have to have one person. Yeah, and Mantiply was doing pretty solid as a middle reliever, but yeah. I think this is a totally different era for the Diamondbacks in that conversation. Yep, totally different team. Castro? I don't know if maybe he gets a, a nod, the but when your team not. is filled with all these other guys the, we're talking about, there's no need to throw a reliever in there. You have to be a pretty dominant closer to make the all-star game. Yeah, and they, yeah, they yeah. don't really have a closer. Exactly. It's, By committee, it's just, mostly. It's Chafin and Castro. Yeah. And McGuff, sometimes. It's not really how they're built. Yeah. That's that's fine. They, just, they need a solid bullpen that can just get them to the end of the game, and that's what they have at this point, so... I'm good with that's that. <laughs> yeah, they don't have as long as they're winning. That's okay. Yeah. Let's uh, let's talk about a guy that Bear really, really contemplated voting for the All Star Game. Paven Smith is the leadoff hitter <laughs> for the Arizona Diamondbacks against right-handed pitching. I think pitching. my reaction was when I scrolled and saw his name, I chuckled. So I don't know if I was against righties. He's been hitting leadoff pretty consistently, including today. We already got the lineup. Um, his splits are dramatically different against righties. He does hit two fifty three on base three sixty six. That's pretty good. Against lefties, which he doesn't play against very often, he's hitting 100 on yeah. base 217, so that's obviously not happening. But is there really a reason that Paven Smith should be leading off over somebody like Corbin Carroll? I mean, we every time I feel like we bash Paven Smith as a D-backs community, he answers. <laughs> he, he hits a home run that day or, or something. He hits a, has a big hit or draws a couple walks or something. I don't really understand the Paven Smith leading off thing. Um, I would love to see a guy like Corbin Carroll, or if he was playing better, a guy like Jake McCarthy leading off who has the speed and can get on base and all that. But um, for me, I would love to see Carroll at the top because, of course, what he can do on the base pass if he gets on base. Um, but it seems to be working for the time being. Um I I was still in the camp when Dominic Fletcher got sent down and Jake McCarthy got brought back up. I'm like, why are they sending down? I know Fletcher had been struggling at the time for about a week, but so was pa- Paven Smith was struggling too. Yeah, and I don't know for a lot longer. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know what the deal was with that. So whatever. I mean, I'm sure Fletcher will be back up at some point this year. Um, but I I I'm not a huge fan of the Paven Smith leading off. Um. I don't know what you want to call it, experiment or or strategy. I don't know. I just don't really Extraordinaire. like Extraordinaire. <laughs> what was the uh, analogy, Alex, <laughs> no. that, that you said has been going Why? around the press box? Oh, I have, I have to credit Jack Summers with that. But basically, the nickname that they had for him was The Tenant, as somebody who, you know, doesn't necessarily pay their rent on time, but gets it in to stay to stick around. It's ah, a day late. That's but it's, so accurate. Yeah, but it's, it's a day late, but he always makes it. I mean, he was three for his last thirty-seven before the Rockies series, and it's yeah. let off for multiple of those games. And then the morning of, or yeah, of uh, Memorial Day when he was going to lead off against the Rockies in the first game of the series, Tori was asked about him specifically, and basically said that he trusts the process that. Paven has. He likes the at-bats that he sees. It just hasn't 
happened results wise, and that's and something that they considered turning. They he thought would turn around, and so there's clearly a built-in trust between the organization and Pavin. I think dating back a couple of years now, even if the results haven't always been great, and then Pavin goes out and hits the go-ahead three-run home run. He gets on base five times. Uh, on Wednesday's game with three walks. So it's been good for a couple of games. But yeah, it, it just with a team that has the construction that it has, it seems like a pretty easy thing to do just to put Corbin Carroll first. And that would make all the sense in the world. Mm-hmm. He's been getting RBI opportunities and that's been working out the last couple of games. But just as a guy who can consistently get on base, make his own offense, and just drive pitchers absolutely nuts when he gets on base, to have him get on first in front of like Cattell then Christian, and then Lourdes. That seems like the natural order of things, but they like Pavin against righties, and unless he goes through another stretch where he goes 0 for 37 or something like that, I don't know how much that's going to change. I'm, uh, I'm not trying to devalue what Pavin is doing in this series against the Rockies, but like, let's be honest, the Rockies are throwing out really bad pitchers in this series. I mean, what have we always said? Denel- they don't believe in pitching. Nelson Lamette started last night's game. He hasn't started a game in like four years yeah. since being with the Padres. And you know he was bad. That I don't. I don't even remember their names. I can't even remember the names of these guys they're throwing out. <laughs> but the the game where Pavin hit the three round home run, I never heard of that guy that was starting for the Rockies. He was one of their minor leaguers because they have Kaufman. So, yes, they have so many injuries. Like Herman Marquez is hurt. Uh, Senzatella is hurt. Um, those are the only two guys I can name in that rotation, honestly. But. Um, yeah, their top two guys are injured, so I, I'm not trying to. Uh, Paven Smith, he still has to get the job done. You know, he still has to hit that home run. But I don't want to like freak out and say Paven's Paven's back or whatever you want to say because he's having a, a lot of success against these Rockies pitchers who just aren't very good. Pretty, well, he's pretty easy argument for me. Corbin Carroll is the better player. Yeah, you play the yeah. better player at the top of your lineup. That's what I do. And then I'm I'm probably hitting some combination of Lourdes, Cattell, and Christian Walker. I don't, in I don't mind four. the Cattell leading off when he does because he does have that um, on-base streak going. So he's likely to get on base for guys like Alex saying, like Christian Walker and Lourdes Gurriel, Corbin Carroll when he's batting below him. So um, I, I don't mind that, but I just don't get the Pavin And then, you know, off. you have Pavin halfway through your lineup, and it's basically like a leadoff hitter halfway through your lineup. What's wrong with that? And he sets up the bottom half of the lineup, whether that's, you know, Perdomo and McCarthy or whoever or whatever. Yeah. Longoria against lefties, although they're not going to play Longoria and Smith likely a lot at the same time. Right. Um, But yeah, I don't know, man. The argument seems really simple to me. Corbin Carroll is the better player. Play the better player. No argument for me. His splits are better. Yeah. If they're, if they're, if his splits weren't as good, then I, I would be hesitant. To, I would I would even give Paven Smith credit. And every time I tear this man down, he proves me wrong. <laughs> so I'm not going to mess with Paven Smith anymore. But I, I stand by my argument. Who do you want to have more at bats? Corbin Carroll. So that's basically it. And, and sometimes yeah. that's all yeah. it comes down maybe, to. Yeah. Maybe having Smith first and Carroll third will cost you, I don't know, three at bats in a month or something like that, or five at bats in a month or something like that. But what if Corbin Carroll goes? would have gone two for five with a home run in those at-bats and changes a score and you have to use one fewer reliever or you win yeah. one more game or something. Just You give the better player an opportunity to you know, dictate the outcome of a game just more often by doing that. Yeah. Plus, I mean, the big difference between the two players is the speed. Mm-hmm. And I understand that you don't have to have a traditional speed guy as your leadoff hitter. That doesn't necessarily have to be what you do. But when he's got better splits and he's way faster... 
if you want to dive into the running game, if you want to get the running game going again, like they talked about over the last couple of weeks, that's how you do it. They've really started to do that as well, especially yeah. in this series. They're stealing every base. Yeah. Every and single they base, they're stealing it. And they should. Um, we do need to. Huge yeah, he's, yeah, he's been great. We do need to wrap this up here pretty quick. Uh, so we're in the middle of a series against the Colorado Rockies, kind of wrapping it up. Four wins in a row, including three against Colorado. So today they get Colorado again, 1240 start. Um, then they're going to wrap up the home stretch with Atlanta. That's a pretty tough series. One that we haven't been looking forward to for a while. <laughs> oh, have you seen their uh, their projected starters, the Braves for that series? Morton, Strider, Soroka. Yeah. That'll be fun. Strider's That'll be fun. Really hard There's one. your test for Pavin Smith batting leadoff yeah. against Spencer Strider. <laughs> no. Yeah. Uh, Strider versus Nelson. Ooh. Take that however you want to take that. Spencer Strider is so good. Merrill Gallon. Kelly versus Morton and Gallon versus Soroka. Yeah, I like those. Gallon versus Soroka is on ESPN Plus, by the way. Soroka's coming off. He hasn't pitched in like two years. Yeah. Because he tore his Achilles twice, something like that. Yeah. And he just came back. Yep. After that road trip, six games, three in Washington, three in Detroit. That's a road trip that I'm thinking they're looking for. That's a good stretch right there. I mean, hey, they're. They're not that far behind the Dodgers. What is it now? Is it a game? Uh, they half are a game. half a game half back a game. the Dodgers. They're yeah. tied with Atlanta for second in the National League. Wow. Every single National League West team lost on Wednesday except for the Diamondbacks. The Diamondbacks are seven and a half games better than the Padres. And if you want to tie it back to the All-Star conversation that we had earlier, when you're the second best team in the National League, your players start to get talked about. So you're in a serious conversation. And, here's and this is a big weekend for that. Because yeah. they're going up against the Braves, who's on national TV like every other game. Yeah. Right. And get talked about a ton, as they should, because they're great. But if the Diamondbacks can take two out of three or be really competitive in the series, then, you know, Corbin Carroll gets talked about even more. Zach Gallen, if he pitches well and, you know, outduels Soroka in his second start, he gets talked about even more. Mm-hmm. So that just gives you more and more ammunition for this. Right? Here's what the Dodgers have coming up in their next three series they have three at home against the Yankees. Oof. On the road at the Reds for three, and then they're on the road at Philadelphia for three. You know what's funny about the Reds? I don't think of them as a good team, but they've got a lot of players I'm really interested in. Yeah. Like a lot. A lot of pitchers, too, that are... Well, at both sides. I mean, Matt McClain, we talked about it. Short Hunter stop. Green. Hunter Green's been striking yeah. out a ton of dudes. Mm-hmm. They got other guys. They're still coming up. Ellie De La Cruz is the top prospect in baseball now. Yeah, I don't know. I like that team a lot. It's kind of D-backs-esque, but like last year's D-backs-esque. Yeah, yeah. they're, they're just going to be bad. But might be coming around soon. Yeah. 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 That's an interesting squad. Uh, all right, cool. Let's wrap it up uh, with the all-star discussion that we had today. That's certainly a conversation that we're going to be having moving forward as we do get closer to the Summer Classic. I'm Steve Zinsmeister with Cody Fincher and Alex Weiner as well. You've been listening to the Ain't No Fang podcast here at ArizonaSports.com and on the Arizona Sports app.